0: Hey, and welcome to Fact Schmacks, the podcast good enough to get you a C. Minus. I'm Matt, and I've got a story to tell. And I'm Kev. I have a story to interrupt. All right. As always, we start our episodes around here uh, with our good friend, Kevin, giving us two things that are true, uh, which would be facts, and one thing that is definitely not true that you would call a schmacked. Kevin. What Matt. have you got for me this week? I've got some juicy goodies here. Oh, let's hear it.
1: All right. So, uh, coming up, we have Remember Day. Say. Yep. Uh, also known as, like, uh, you know, the Armistice of World War One, November 11th. Mm. Yep. So, how about some famous people with military history you didn't expect? Okay. I love it. Okay. So. Can't wait. Here's our first one. Although famous for playing the prim and proper Niles Crane on Frasier, yeah, a character you should be quite familiar with,
0: uh, you uh, bet. <laughs> You're not gonna tell
1: me that David Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce did a three-year stint with the U.S. Navy. Huh. In his young okay. years. Okay. Okay. All right.
0: There's... I can buy it, but huh. there's
1: one. So, All right. Wilford Brimley, a man near and dear to my own heart. <laughs> He's yep. about as close to my heart as arterial plaque. <laughs> uh, he was the Quaker Oats guy. For those of you who don't know, he also had the uh, diabetes commercials. Yeah, uh, which and, gave I, and he was me the alternate pronunciation of diabetes.
0: He was in the movie Hard Target, which I think maybe now I'm just going to try to fit in this show as many <laughs> times as I can.
1: Yeah, so he was a U.S. Marine during the Korean War and served three years in the Aloysian uh, Islands.
0: I believe that 1,000%. I believe he has killed a man, and he knows what it looks like (laughs) to watch the soul of somebody leave the
1: body. (laughs) He has dispatched somebody from this ethereal realm.
0: Yeah, I have no trouble believing that.
1: And my third fact is, uh, do you know who Dr. Ruth is? Yeah. So she's like America's sex therapist. Uh, We had in Canada, we had Sue Johansson. Yeah. Remember Sue Johansson from Showcase? Uh, I learned a lot from Sue Johansson. Sure. I remember that, yeah. I never looked at a banana the same way.
0: No, Sue Uh, (laughs) Johansson.
1: So anyhow, Dr. Ruth, who is now 93, by the way, America's sex therapist, is a trained sniper.
0: (laughs) All right. Yeah. So they all seem really quite plausible here except <laughs> <laughs> so david hyde pierce here that's the one that i actually don't think is very likely really you, <laughs> you said he was... dr
1: ruth is a sniper
0: that lady is badass now hang on hang on let me think this through though because what year would she have had to have been trained as a sniper? Women wouldn't have been in the service. Well, she's ninety three. Mm. So let's think. Yeah, like, she's
1: she's ninety three now. I don't know what the C C average math on that is, but I mean we're talking <laughs> way back. Yeah. Well, so be unless she... 60s. sixties, 60s, 70s at least.
0: Unless she's not. Uh, it, this is tough because. Yeah, I have a hard time believing the David Hyde Pierce thing, um, the Doctor Ruth thing. For some reason, like it does not strike me at all uh, unreasonable that she'd be a stone cold killer. No um, But <laughs> I, uh, she couldn't be American, right? She would have had. To, is she? What's her Doctor Ruth? Is she like actually Swedish or or Russian or?
1: Uh, I see. Now here's the problem with this podcast is I didn't really dig. Too we don't deep know. Into this. Yeah, it's a wine, wine and. Third, uh, I could look it up, but it's it's kind of yeah. like that. it starts with a W. It's W E I N something or W I E N something.
0: Okay, controversial, but I'm saying David Hyde Pierce. I'm saying that's the one I do not believe.
1: You low down son of a bitch. <laughs> Did I win? I really thought I would get you on this one. That I was, was hard. Sure that I would get you on this one. <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, Dr. Ruth uh, was uh, Israeli and was trained as a scout of and had course. sniper training. Yeah. Of course. Because they have the I... mandatory conscription over there, right? Now, right. here's a little bonus fact. Men and <clears throat> women. About Wilford Brimley. Uh, I didn't want to throw this in there because it would be too obvious that it was like so detailed of a fact. Did you know that Wilford Brimley was at one point a bodyguard to a famous uh, industrialist inventor, Howard Hughes. No kidding. Yeah.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah. Like maybe he guarded his PJs or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Make sure nobody tried to clip his toenails. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Well,
1: that's what I got. You know, I'm really disappointed because I really was like, he's not going to get this. Like I'd have bought david hyde pierce doing a stint in the navy i mean it's just the navy it's lots of people do it
0: yeah um i, the, like if I was that like, was like that was one where the, the dr ruth the, listen as i'm grading these that was the <laughs> best so far like that was a 50 50 for me okay. i knew for an absolute fact like i said that wilfer brimley has killed a man
1: oh 100 you can just <laughs> see it in his eyes you can see it in his eyes,
0: mm-hmm. allegedly.
1: Allegedly, um, <laughs> good. Yeah. good point. Uh, I am going to get you on this. You, yeah, so, that was the a 50-50, is I ramp up from here, and, and they okay. won't always be maybe funny. I mean, not to say that any of them were funny, <laughs> but we're going to go for some serious dumpers now.
0: Have you ever seen the the Wilfer Brimley line? This is the uh, it's a Twitter account that congratulates actors as they pass the age that Wilford Brimley was on the day that Cocoon came out. No. And it's the, you know, the actors that have passed that line, it's like Paul Rudd, you know, of course has, it's all just young people who don't look like they belong in a retirement home.
1: Oh, uh, like is Wilford Paul Brimley Rudd really did. old?
0: Yeah. He's older than, uh, Wilford Brimley was. No kidding. Yeah. Huh.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Well, you have a show so, for us. Uh, I least, do. So we can carry on with that. Uh, I'm going to get you. That's my goal.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're going to be talking. This is kind of a time period that we've we've already kind of covered before, but a lot of interesting things were going on. Turn of the 20th century uh, in Europe. Oh. There's some interesting things going on. Uh, one, yes, there really is. One thing that's going on is they've got a little bit of a naval arms race uh, in the works. 50 years ago yeah <laughs> yeah with little plastic boats uh f- 50 years ago they had stopped um building ships out of uh, out of wood and they'd started building ships out of like iron uh so you've got like your your iron boats there uh but you know 1905 i think britain um has the dreadnought and that's like a really big deal might have been 1906 it's it's a it's a really big boat that is. Really cool is name fa- too. Yeah. Dreadnought. Yeah, dreadnought like dread like fear and not like nothing. You know, fear nothing. And there's yeah. like guitars the name named after that guitars, now. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a great name. Um, but it's it's faster than any other ship. It can fire farther than any other ship. It's bigger than any other ship, and they can build it faster than you know traditional uh, ships at that time.
1: That defies so really, logic to me.
0: But it, yeah. Well, that's it's yeah. It's a big uh, step forward. They say that like overnight, when that thing rolls off the line, every ship that came before it is obsolete. It's that big a deal. They actually, you know, like they consider like that's like a defining point in naval uh, history. Also, we're gonna be talking about naval stuff, and this is a sea level podcast. I just want to remind people. <laughs> oh. So I'm gonna get stuff wrong, oh my
1: god, <laughs> or
0: unspecific. So you're going about overboard sh- already. Oh yeah. Talk about shipbuilding. There's three things that you really need to worry about, uh, armor, weaponry, and speed. You got to think about that as like a triangle and you can have any two of those things, but you can't have the third. You can have a ship that is like armored to the tits and full of guns, but you're not going to be able to move that thing that fast. Um, uh, you're that's, uh,
1: that's like me. I've got this big gun show. I just don't get around too quick.
0: I'm going to move on like you didn't <laughs> say that. You know, you can have a ship that's, like, really fast and has and, and can take a punch, but you're not going to be able to cram very many weapons on it because you don't want to make it very heavy because you're prioritizing speed, right? Sure. There's this guy in uh, right around that time. His name's Sir John Fisher. He's the first sea lord. Which is such an awesome title. That's uh,
1: pretty great. He's not
0: like, yeah, he's not like the first guy to ever have that title. That's just what they call the guy who's like making the decisions at <clears throat> the top.
1: I'm I'm picturing like Star Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like he's just a very uh, kind of swaggery type dude.
0: John no, the Fisher- I think
1: John the fisherman. Maybe not. Maybe a Buccaneer. No. Is yeah,
0: Buccaneer? no. Th- think more like the uh, the old the old British guy and. Pirates of the Caribbean. But he's he's in charge of the British Navy and he's apparently like really arrogant. He's um he's very very sure of himself and his ideas, but he is kind of cool in a lot of ways. I guess he's got some very progressive ideas about like discipline and stuff. He's way ahead of his time in that respect. He's like a he's like a sailor's ship lord. <laughs> awesome. Uh so but he's in charge of deciding where the British Navy is going to um, put the resources in, and he's made his name as a gunner, um, and so like in so many, like for so many decisions that happened in World War One, you know, you've got so many cavalry commanders that are controlling ground troops, so they're trying cavalry things, and in a war where that's obviously not going to work, and they keep trying and trying and trying it. This guy's a gunner, so he thinks guns are the most important thing you can have on uh, a ship. So, his ships he thinks are going to be fast and they've got huge guns and no armor. Um, the, which I'm not saying anything about the bet he makes. That's just like his preference. When, when British people look at, um, you know, of the time, looked at naval warfare, they thought of things in terms of their grand fleet. They thought anything that happened is going to involve our grand fleet and it's going to be more powerful than, than anything else. So we're just going to worry about that. And if we're there first, and we're firing at you first, there's going to be nothing left to hit us back. So we don't need to worry about armor. That's just where they were at. But there was something else happening um, during World or during the lead up to World War One. another branch of um, naval technology, and that's submarines. And you know, submarines have been around for a long time. I think there was actually a I think there was a submarine in the Civil War. I was going to look I, that I up. I was
1: going to say that, yeah, there was, uh, uh, I don't think um, it turned out too well for the occupants of it.
0: No. No, it didn't. It um, but, often. you know, that 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 technology was already around. Um, Fisher, though, he didn't like the idea of submarines. He didn't really see it, so he, he they just ignored it. They did have some submarines, but they weren't long range. There were these weird little things that kind of patrolled the, the coast there. Probably looked a lot more like the tour submarines you'd get in now that are just sort of semi-submersible or, you know, again, see, don't, don't know. Um, World War One breaks out. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's, turns out submarines are going to be kind of a big deal. A little bit. Uh, yeah. So they actually recall this guy, this fisher. He hasn't been in charge for a few years, but they bring him back to shepherd the Navy through this period. And one of the things he has to do is try and figure out the submarine thing really quick. Like he realizes he's made a mistake and he needs to make some, some submarines. So he's going to do it uh, really, really quick. But there's a difference in philosophy in how, you know, I talked about like ev- everything with the British is, is all this grand fleet stuff. Germany, they have all these U-boats. They're way ahead in U-boat construction. They're way behind in in like conventional shipbuilding, but they do have all these submarines. And they figure out pretty early uh, that the uh, smart thing to do is to send these submarines out as these sort of autonomous hunter-killer units. Wolf, little wolf you know,
1: packs? Or was that where yeah. we that became the term? No, yeah, I same think... deal.
0: Yeah, but just like, go out there, try to find a ship, sink it. If you find it, sink it, great. And Britain has no real defense against this at the beginning part of the war. They can't see the submarines. They don't have submarines of their own. One thing they did do is early on, they tried to get uh, uh, motorboats and just like if they saw a periscope, zoom up to this thing and try and bash the periscope glass with a hammer.
1: (laughs) Those motorboats, son (laughs) of bitches.
0: Yeah, so that's where they're at. But they have uh, this difference in philosophy. The British want the submarines to be part of this fleet. And part of British fleet policy is that submarines have to go, or that, sorry, the fleet goes at 21 knots. That's it. So if you're part of the fleet, you have to go at 21 knots. British diesel engines in that day can't do 21 knots
1: Not they're so just much.
0: not so much you got it it's kind of you know it's new tech to them it's new tech to everybody really um but i tell you what can do 21 knots and that's steam engines right mm-hmm. it's an old tech but the old, the old steam turbine the old steam turbine. But you can't really put a steam turbine in a submarine, right? There's some pretty obvious problems with having a coal fire in a closed environment with no ventilation or an oil right. fire or whatever using to turn the turbine. So, you know... Um, sorry, I just lost my uh, place in the, uh, in the notes there. Um, yeah, there's like there's all sorts of, the, the, you would need a smokestack, you would need ventilation, and it would create a tremendous amount of heat.
1: And it, yeah, it would use up all your oxygen. And
0: uh, Yeah, it's not just not a great spot. idea. Yeah, it's a bad no. idea. It's, it's a bad idea. Who would do it, right? Well, right around this time, there's an erroneous report that turns out to not be true, but, you know, Fog of War, they don't know that. They think that there's a report that there's a U-boat they see that's doing 19 knots and U-boats didn't, didn't go that fast apparently, but they believe it. And so that kind of freaks them out. So they say, fuck it. Let's put a steam engine in a submarine. <laughs> Let's see what happens. So they do have like plans to address this stuff, but these are, um, problems that you can't really, uh, engineer around to a certain extent. They so have to you, so have, you a sp- have
1: nuclear power. Like that's all U uh, boat or U boat like a submarine now is just a nuclear powered steam turbine. Yeah. But back in the day, obviously. Yeah.
0: Well, they had diesel engines that, you know, if they had yeah. just settled for the ship doing 12 knots instead of, you know, or even, I think they managed to get one up to 19, but that wasn't good enough. So they, they did have diesel engines as backups, but they had a steam engine that had, um, you know, like, a. um a funnel to let out the steam on a submarine. (laughs) So there's a lot of problems in the design of this thing um, as a result of that. It's called the K-class submarine. And there's a lot real, there's a reason you didn't hear too much about it in the history books. It's 330 feet long versus a U-boat. That's a big boat uh, versus U-boat, which is about 130 feet long. Um U-boats take about 30 seconds to crash dive when they need to. This thing took five minutes to dive. Five minutes because they had to close up the vent. They had to put out the fire in the furnace. Uh, they had to close a bunch of um, uh, different valves and vents to prevent water from getting in because there's so much has to be so much air circulation because they're, you know, living in a closed environment with an oil fire. Uh, going all the time. So it took them that long to submerge. Uh, because it was so big, almost every one of them bottomed out at a certain point. You know what I mean by bottom out in terms of a submarine?
1: Like it could only go down so far?
0: Well, they have to like when they when they dive, if the front's going down first, the front can hit the bottom before the back really even gets out of the water. Oh right or yeah. gets, uh, gets fully underwater. So that happened to just about every one of them because they're so long, right? The mushroom plugs um, that were supposed to close the, um, that were supposed to plug the, 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 the funnels, that could just fail for mechanical reasons or it could get uh, debris in it and not close. So if that happened and they were submerging, water goes right into the furnace uh, and can either like blast out the, you know, the burning oil and sort of an oil fire that spreads around the, the, the engineering compartments um, or the furnace just goes out. Um, that could also happen just if the waves were <clears> high <throat> enough, they could get over the funnel. So these mushroom and...
1: plugs, like I'm envisioning basically a uh, bathroom sink stopper. Yep. I think. Wow. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: This sounds like a death trap. Mm-hmm. This is the molasses tank <clears throat> of the sea.
0: Oh, they had, a, this, they had kind of a clever idea with the oil tank because the oil would feed the, the furnace, right? Um, so they had the, it set up so that water would come into the oil tank to kind of replace the oil that was going out to keep buoyancy at the same level, which was fine if you were in calm waters, but if it got rocked up enough, um, the oil would start mixing with the water and then that would get fed in and it would put out your fire. Um, So even, like, just keeping the furnace lit was hard. And then, you know, occasionally um, all hell would break loose in the engineering compartment and kill a few people because, you know, water got in through the funnel. Very quickly, these ships became absolutely the most feared ship on the battlefield to people who were inside of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd be more yeah. afraid of the my own ship than an enemy ship at this point. Yeah. Like no
0: ship. No ship. No ship. No ship. No ship, so, yeah. This project had been had taken a long time to get off the ground. We're going to fast forward to 1918, January 31st, and we're going to talk about the Battle of May Island. You may have never heard of the Battle of May Island. I may not have. Yeah. It was a big-time secret operation. And you know what? There were big-time losses on the Allied side, and there were no losses on the German side. That's how why we haven't heard of it. Yeah.
1: Revisionist history.
0: I know, right? It was also a training exercise, which explains why there was no Germans there. They sent these ships, there was like oh, 19 ships or something, I see yeah, again, on a very dangerous mission to travel about 34 miles in the dark. There were three groups. So the way it started is you've got a battle cruiser, um, and then you've got, and it's kind of like in the front, the, the flagship. I might get some of these ship names wrong. By the way, right off the hop, uh, I would expect. And then so. you, yeah. And then you've got what's called a submarine tender and five submarines.
1: That sounds Each delicious, one, actually.
0: A submarine tender? Yeah, a submarine like, tender.
1: That's like something that's you would what, order at the bar.
0: Or that's what the person at Subway should be called. Oh my God! Yeah, instead of a, a submarine sandwich artist, tender. You're the yes. submarine tender. That's way better.
1: I'm just thinking like uh, a deep fried like submarine little bite-sized sandwich
0: oh submarine tenders yeah like chicken we're gonna have to edit this out because we've got some good ideas here
1: (laughs) yeah we can't (laughs) this is our intellectual property i'm gonna trademark that right now
0: right now you've registered the website as we speak (laughs) dot xyz for (laughs) 89 cents. (laughs)
1: xyz for 87 cents matt it's even cheaper than (laughs) you thought
0: so they've got their the big, big ass flagship at the front. Then they've got their submarine tender, f- followed by five submarines. All right. Delicious. And then there are three battle cruisers, and these battle cruisers are flanked by a bunch of basically submarine sweepers. Uh, they're, uh, um, uh, there's a name for them, and I'm going to find it later, but I can't remember Future it can right now. It yeah. Um, they are, um, screening destroyers. That's what they're called. So they sit higher. Generally, they sit higher than torpedo depth. Uh, so torpedoes go underneath them. So they kind of flank, they, they flank around the, the bigger ships and look for, for U-boats. So we've got big ship, uh, five submarines, this kind of battle group that's got, three um, uh, battle cruisers and then these uh, screening destroyers. Then there's another tender and four submarines and then another battle group just like the, the first one behind. This thing, they're going to send these groups out uh, in spaces of 15 minutes, and they're going to travel 34 miles. That's the mission.
1: This sounds okay. like a physics question.
0: Okay. <laughs> Now there is. I'm going to be fair here. There's some stuff going on uh, that day. They had seen a U-boat, or at least there was a suspected U-boat sighting. So they're very concerned about their training exercise here. That's what this is. They're going to go out and they're going to meet up with another fleet. They're going to do some exercise and come back. Um, they're very, very concerned about having seen a U-boat. So what they do is they they put their their back navigation light on. They um, they they kind of put because they need to follow each other in a convoy and you need to be able to see. So they put, like, kind of blinders on it so you'd only be able to see it within, like, about an 11-degree angle. Okay. So you have to be right behind the ship, basically, to see the one in front of you. So, again, they're leaving from um, from uh, a, a place in Scotland um, that I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of, Rosythe. Uh, they're going to go around May Island. They're going to meet up with the other fleet. The first group of submarines, so this is... Um, oh, and sorry, I'm just going to make a little, two little asides here. The first one is that there is an excellent video on the internet by this guy named Fred Nudson. Uh, he does a video about this and he, he has visuals and it's really easy to understand. I'm going to do my best to explain this, but there's like 15 ships here and, um, they're British ships. So like precious little boys, they all have names, but I'm only going to tell you the names of ships that are, are things are going to go wrong with. So um, the rest of them I'm just going to describe in terms of like where they are in this convoy.
1: Can we, so, okay, sorry, can I have a we aside? Um, yeah. I would like to name the convoy groups okay. as different things. Uh, in standard sure. convoy fashion, I think the first okay. group should be Rubber Ducky.
0: Mm-hmm gotcha the second group so the first group then contains the flagship and the first flotilla of submarines
1: all right so that's rubber and the tender
0: yeah rubber ducky all right uh and
1: then we're gonna have uh the second one's gonna be papa bear
0: right so papa bear has got the second that that like battle group and then the second flotilla of submarines
1: and then the third one's got to be maverick
0: okay so and then maverick has got the 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 last ones there now i was for the whole yeah. story. I wanted can to you add more those, names in. <laughs> uh, Can you repeat those for me? Sorry. So we had... <laughs> Rubber Ducky, Papa yep. Bear, Maverick. Papa Bear and Maverick. Okay. So Rubber Ducky, as Rubber Ducky's going along, um, encounter two mysterious ships Ooh. right around the Isle of May. They're not it, part uh, of this... Is it Jack Sparrow? It is not Jack Sparrow. Okay. Actually nobody knows where these ships came from. Um, and all they kind of do in this story is be there. Um, but what happens is the first two um, submarines in this convoy uh, clear this thing easy. they just they see these two ships they go, oh shit, we got to move out of the way. So they move out of the way. they take a a Larry okay. I don't know that's, nautical terms even though I do left. have my that's a left yeah. I don't you know do. nautical terms, even though I do have my boating license. Really? Uh, I do, yeah.
1: For what?
0: For uh, jet skis.
1: Oh, right. I forgot mm-hmm. about that.
0: Yeah, one of those so it dicks. like
1: an inner tube. <laughs> my dinghy. <laughs> my dinghy.
0: My dinghy. You don't so need they have a license to make a, for that. <laughs> yeah. They, the first two make an, uh, just turn around it easy, but the third one, because it's, a, it's very foggy, um, while the, all of this is going on, the third one, which is K14, uh, so now that I've named it, you know that things do not go well, um, slows down not knowing what to do. Then it sees the two ships uh, and has to make a hard right turn. But its helm jams. So it's stuck making this hard right turn because it's on this boat that sucks. Or, you know, they're on this boat that sucks, and that's that's kind of the sort of thing that happens, I guess. Now, the sub behind it, kind of, it sees the boats, moves behind, no big deal. It doesn't see that the one ahead of it has gotten off course, though. It just kind Uh-oh. of... oh So now there's this sub that's K14. It's kind of unacc- unaccounted for, and it's making a hard left turn.
1: I thought it was making a right turn.
0: No, they made a left turn. I said, "Larry." Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They made so they're so this ship has. They turn off their engine. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Sub behind them misses them. That's a, you know, a little worrisome. Turns out though that the sub behind them, K twenty two, gotta take a little aside here and tell you about K twenty two. K twenty two was not K 22s original name. K-22's original name was K-13. it's an imposter. Well, K-13 catastrophically failed during its uh, test uh, um, voyage, killed half the crew. Yeah, killed half the crew. So they retrofitted it and rechristened it as K-22, which um, as a further aside, the flotilla that this group was part of was called the 13th Flotilla. So this is the former thir- K-13 that has had a horrible accident, rebranded K-22, and it's in the th- 13th flotilla. So the people who are on this ship just know they're on a death-, death boat. Is Tom
1: Hanks the captain? Can we at least picture Tom Hanks as the captain? Like a little Apollo 13 action.
0: Um, Sure, yeah, we can do so. it. Okay, good. Yeah, so they had already been off course. K22, there. They had lost sight of the little blue dot ahead of them. And so they had already started veering in that same direction. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, it turns out they were on a direct collision course with the ship that had now come to a stop um, because it had been stuck turning left. So K22 rams into the hull of K14. The hulls get stuck together. the The bow of K twenty two is stuck in the, the kind of bow section of of uh, K fourteen. There's two poor dudes who are sleeping in in that section that got busted open in K fourteen. They just get sucked out into the ocean. Oh. what a rude way to get woken up, huh?
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's but horrifying. Yeah. Both ships are actually kind of okay. Um, they managed to, uh, close some waterproof or watertight doors. Um, they back up there, uh, K22 backs up. It kind of backs up and as it backs up, it turns to the left. So it kind of is now like 45 degrees from the other ship. Are you taking a picture of what we're doing?
1: (laughs) Well, we're for the people who are listening at home, our listener Matt and I are both wearing tank tops.
0: (laughs) We are like white undershirt tank tops. And it's a wonderful thing. It's
1: a great thing. And we just look like twins. I had to take a picture of it. It may make it to the website. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Carry on. Okay. So everything is actually pretty okay. They start lighting off flares. um, But nobody knows this has happened because visibility is very poor. Um, they do send out Morse code with a lantern and they are in the process of sending out messages, but because of the amount of secrecy involved, there's a lot of like bouncing things back and forth between the person who's like the cryptographer who's supposed to encrypt these messages and the radio person and there's like revisions and then it has to go back to the crypto. It's just like, uh, it's that part of it is kind of a mess and yeah, what that ends would have up happen- a process
1: back in the day, right?
0: Oh yeah, it really was.
1: Just to send um, a message would take a couple minutes.
0: Yeah. And so meanwhile, this is what's happened to Rubber Ducky, right? The rest of Rubber Ducky is is all they're heading out. They do not know this has happened. But these two ships are kind of now stranded in the middle of where Papa Bear is about to be coming through bueno yeah it is no bueno
1: you don't want to get in the way of papa bear
0: you do not want to get in the way of papa bear when papa bear has somewhere to go so three three of the uh battle cruisers um managed to just kind of slip by these these submarines um but the fourth one pardon me uh i'm gonna have to edit that out have a little beer here. Uh, the uh, the fourth one, which incidentally was called the HMS Inflexible, had drifted uh-huh. off course because they're, you know, this stuff's hard to do, right? In 1918, it's pretty hard to to sail in formation and foggy HMS
1: Rigid would have been a pretty good name too. Rolls <laughs> the
0: off HMS, the tongue a little better. The HMS Stiff.
1: <laughs> the HMS Stiffy. All right, we're so drifted
0: it had drifted off course and it turns out it's headed straight into k20 k22 which as you remember is the submarine that had ran into the other one k14 right manages to miss a head-on collision um kind of veers at the at the last minute but it does scrape the armor and oil tanks and um Uh-oh. the ballast off of k22 it's fine though the inflexible is fine just yeah
1: it's very yeah. rigid. It quite, is. It's quite, very stiff. It's quite
0: stiff. Living up to its name, it is quite stiff.
1: Good.
0: Good um, to know. thirty minutes after the original collision, the subtender for the first group is finally made aware of the fact that two of its submarines have crashed into each other and are now twenty nautical miles behind them. So they decide that they're going to he he decides he's going to turn around
1: this is rubber ducky in,
0: yeah it's his rubber ducky he's missed mama ducky is missing some of some of his ducklings her okay. ducklings so she's going to turn around um and she wants to do like a really wide turn to try to avoid all these boats that are coming up behind them but she gives some kind of ambiguous orders to the other Subs um, and just kind of tells them to turn around at some point, and they all kind of turn around at a bit of a different point. So now everyone's kind of headed in a weird direction.
1: This sounds like just a gaggle of confusion. Yeah. 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 It doesn't and sound like it's heading to a good spot.
0: And so while they're turning around, well, we got to send a message out to the other ships, right? To let them know that this is what's happening.
1: Like but, a SOS, like we're whipping a shitty here.
0: Yeah, ha- but they can't. Up. But they can't do that because there's so much secrecy. So again, they have to go through this process of, you know, we're gonna draft a message and then we're gonna revise it and then oh no, it needs to be encrypted, so it needs to go somewhere else and do that. So by the time the 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 um, ships that had turned around were encountering these battle cruisers. From Papa Bear, ne- they don't know. Papa Bear has no idea that these ships are are on the way because the message still has not been sent. Oh God! Gonna take a slight intermission here and just do a little damage report just to see where we're at. K14, which is one submarine, uh, has a flooded forward and two casualties. Those are the two guys that got sucked out. That's awful. K22 is a flooded forward starboard ballast has been uh, uh, torn off and it's oil tanks have been torn off and the HMX uh, inflexible. It's fine.
1: Rigid as can be.
0: Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just stiffing along. Yeah. It's got a stiff upper lip as the (laughs) British say. (laughs) But here's where things are about to go from bad to worse. So in our podcast the tender sh- or in the story uh, <laughs> Pro-
1: Probably both
0: <laughs> probably both <laughs> The tender and the first uh, sh- sub from Rubber Ducky passed the battle cruisers um, in uh, in the in Papa Bear just fine, but the next two have uh, an incredibly incredibly close call with some of these battle cruisers. Now, one thing that's just important to note here is that it is up to smaller ships to change to maneuver around bigger ships, especially in situations like these. Um, But now they need to make it through the screening destroyers. and for some reason, I guess because they they th- they're responding to an emergency, but they just decide they're going to haul ass through these screening destroyers, and they don't really change their course. Um, but again, or sorry, they do make it through the uh, the screening destroyers. I'm so sorry.
1: So yeah, you were right when you said it was going to go from bad to worse. <laughs> they, they do make it, it through
0: the screening destroyers again a huge amount of close calls
1: huge but
0: now huge but now they are on a collision course with the other submarine flotilla so this is the submarine flotilla that is as part of papa bear like i said there was two groups right
1: i thought there was three so, groups i thought we had
0: there there is three groups but the third group does not have any submarines with it it's just the first two groups that have submarines with them
1: gotcha so these are papa bear's submarines these are Papa Bear submarines, Maverick.
0: no, not Maverick. Okay. Maverick, we'll talk. We'll talk about Maverick. Okay. Um uh, Yeah. Oh my God. This is getting. That's actually that's gonna be good. <laughs> now that I think about it. Okay. So it winds up that that first group of submarines, uh, from Rubber Ducky, are on a collision course with that second group um, of submarines uh, from Papa Bear. The first two ships, which is the. Um, The tender for the first group and the first submarine managed to make it past. What's the HMS Fearless? That's the tender for the uh, for the second um, group of submarines. And that that Um, ship
1: was not going to veer because it's Fearless. Because it's Fearless, and also game of chicken.
0: And also it shouldn't. But the second sub in the flotilla puts itself in a direct collision course. So what ends up happening is the Fearless runs into the back of K seventeen. So now we've got four ships that are, or five ships that are named. Um, but the Fearless, which was the the tender for the second group, has run into the uh, third sub in this that first group, which is the K-17.
1: Wasn't that the Widowmaker from that movie, the Russian one, K-17? Uh,
0: no, that was like U-51 or something. Right? Fe-
1: future Matt will look into this.
0: Yeah, well, t- we'll or maybe not. <laughs> so the the subtender has to stop because it's just run into a boat right it stops and and blasts its horn the sub directly behind it stops the sub that was behind k17 though in the first group it's still going doesn't see that any of this has happened sees that at the last possible minute veers to try to avoid all of this shit near miss uh, k17 is sinking though Um, and there's, so it, it doesn't actually collide with anything. It just kind of like hangs around at this point because there's a near miss. There's been an accident. The K17 is sinking. There's three subs in a tender that are just kind of hanging around trying to help that situation at this now second crash site. K4 is one of these subs that's hanging around that second crash site. And it decides it's going to kind of reverse out of this kind of clustered area and make a 90-degree turn to get out of the way. But what happens is it winds up right in the way of another ship that was coming from Papa Bear's flotilla, which is K6. K6 hits K4 right square in the middle, rams it. K4 starts sinking and dragging K6 down with it. Jesus Um,
1: Christ.
0: Yeah. K7 is the one that's right behind K6, It turns to miss K6, runs right into the front of K4, which is dragging K6 down. K4 breaks in two, um, which is good for the people on K6, but very bad for the people on K4 because they're all dead. Uh, It's like 54 sailors, I think. Um, And it's probably one of those situations where, because it broke in part, all the water rushes in. You wouldn't be able to get out. You'd be pushed into the back of... Yeah. You know, of the submarine and trapped as it went down.
1: God damn.
0: Yeah. So meanwhile, remember K-17? That's the one, the first one that got hit in this group here. Right. It's sinking and the people need to need to get out. There's 56 men that had managed to get out and are in the water. And there's boats from the Fearless, and they're deployed and they're trying to help the sailors. Bet you forgot about Maverick.
1: Yeah, so Maverick's coming in.
0: Maverick is coming in. There's no submarines with Maverick, but what Maverick is is a big formation of these big battle cruisers and then all these screening destroyers, destroyers right? So the battle cruisers come through, and they're actually surprisingly nimble. Great captains on these things, apparently. They make it through. They don't hit anything. Top they guns. don't hurt anybody. What's that?
1: They're top guns.
0: They're top guns, right? Yeah. But these screening destroyers, th- several of them wind up going right through the spot where all the men in the water are. Oh. Uh, yeah. No. So f- 56 men went into the water. They managed to fish 10 of them out. Oh. And, then, and then one of them died right after that. So it's like nine. an 80% loss. Yeah. So after one hour and 15 minutes, the Battle of May Island had completed. End of battle damage report. Two of the nine submarines that they sent out were completely destroyed. Three of them were damaged. That's a 50% casualty rate. The HMS Fearless, which had ran headlong into... Um, and just grazed the side and ran headlong into one of the submarines. Um, it was really, really damaged at the front. It was still like it could make it to port, but it was very damaged, needed a lot of fixing. Inflexible, again. Very strong.
1: That's my boy.
0: Yeah, just a, a little bright ray of sunshine in this uh yeah in this sad escapade. A hundred and four sailors died as part oh, wow. of this training exercise to travel thirty four miles. I wow. meet up with another ship yeah
1: what how okay the other ship like obviously no the other there's a bunch of other
0: ship. ships yeah i don't think anything really happened with them i don't know if there were submarines with them because all the problems happened with submarines here right
1: yeah i'm picturing like um you ever see like an icy highway where people are trying to you know there's been an accident they're trying to get around and they just keep hitting shit and like
0: yeah but like compound that so you know the problem with a 330 foot long ship is if the front of your ship is heading towards something, and you start to turn, that turn is starting 330 feet behind you.
1: Yeah, yeah, like for
0: sure. you, you know you're already at a at a huge disadvantage.
1: Oh yeah. Um,
0: yeah, and the fact that these things were going so fast meant that they were just unmaneuverable.
1: But I mean, let's talk about the precision of the uh, captains on these guys who who actually, like, I mean, yeah, they, they got in these accidents, which is unfortunate, but at the same time, you think of how big the sea is, right? And these guys were traveling yeah. to a point where they were so accurately in line with each other that they hit each other. Like, that's yeah, they might,
0: It might as well no. have been a collision on a road, really, when you think yeah, about like it. They, for how... they, yeah,
1: they were in such a narrow area that they all hit the same spot. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of impressive in a way. I mean, yeah. They didn't have this, especially at night, with no light. I mean, you're not gonna see that till you're right on it. Yeah. So.
0: One. That's wild. One. I no idea. One really shitty thing about these submarines that I forgot to mention is that water could get in through the through the top of it and get on the kind of electronics, and what would happen is it would ground the ladder leading up. So if you touched the ladder, you'd get shocked.
1: Oh my God. I think of all of the things like, like I've always had a bit of a phobia of like drowning or something. Right. And I always thought like a submarine or like even a boat, like I don't think I could go on a cruise ship unless I was like staying like on the top deck. I could just open like a patio door and be outside. You know what I I mean? I was, you see these movies where people are in the corridors and they can't, I'm like, nah no thanks
0: Hard i pass. was w- watching something about pressure differential it was a it was like an industrial video for uh commercial divers uh, about a bunch of accidents that have happened like people the you bell, know there was uh, what's
1: it what's it called the the diving bell the oh my
0: god not but that sort of situation right but um where, you know, like one guy got stuck on the bottom of a pool because he was, nobody knew he was diving and he cleaned off the bottom, uh, vent there and he was too close to it. And it like sucked him down to the bottom oh, and, man. which I didn't know of, a uh, the, the, the vent on the bottom of a pool could do that. Oh yeah. Um, there was a yeah. guy who got, drained uh,
1: sucked into a nuke plant in, um, the state somewhere. He was like scuba diving outside of their water intake yeah and he got sucked into the plant Ooh, yeah like there's a big draw on those like you can see the current on them if you ever like i've seen them and the draw is like insane like the current's super fast on that like diving oh, yeah, is dangerous see. as shit yeah yeah i never want I, to do it i worked with i worked with a guy who was a diver and uh he was like he did deep sea diving and uh He's like, yeah, one day I lost my tether and he's like, I turned around and grabbed it like the end of it. He's like, that was almost <laughs> it for me. That's it. Yeah. You know, like you don't, you can't see shit.
0: You don't know which way's up.
1: Oh man. That's like, to me, that's horrifying to be yeah. in a sub and then to be in a sub. And then if you had, even if you got out of the sub, when the subs underwater, you fire up to the top, like a rocket and then yeah. you get massive decompression. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Assuming now, like, in this day and age, they weren't going super deep. Still, like,
1: though, I like how it like,
0: Yeah, I wouldn't want to be 50 feet deep and, and rock no. up. You know, that's enough. Oh so the aftermath here of this battle, quick court-martial to try and figure out what the F happened. Nobody can figure out, you know, initially, those two ships that kind of started this chain reaction— Nobody can figure out where the hell they came from. They thought they might have been minesweepers, but the company that was doing the minesweeping said it wasn't us. Um, ghost Or they ships. couldn't figure... What's that?
1: 100% ghost ship.
0: Probably. That's You're probably theory. onto to something.
1: That's my theory.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't figure out how the rudder got stuck on the one boat. They like examined every part of it and just could not figure out how that even happened. It was hugely embarrassing for the British fleet, so they just swept the whole thing under the rug, didn't talk about it, didn't publicly acknowledge it until the 90s. Uh, and at that point, I think people knew where the wrecks were, so I think they didn't really ignore it anymore. Uh, no monument until 2002. The K-Class submarines actually um, hung around for a surprisingly long time after this. They were retrofitted, I think, with proper engines at, at a certain point, and... Um, and they put guns on them, and they called them M class. And then they retrofitted some of those. There was at, at a certain point, I should have looked into what the actual dates are, but there's there's two of them left, and one of them just disappears one day, and a couple that's it's just gone for a couple days, and then some fisherman says, "Oh hey, I saw that boat you're looking for. Uh, is it normal for those things to go to uh, submerge backwards?" And they said, uh, "No, no, it isn't."
1: How long ago was this?
0: Uh, I don't...
1: Like, it recent would've... or, like...
0: No, not that recent. It probably would have been, like... I'm If I'm guessing, like, the 40s, maybe. They lasted and that this... long.
1: Here's your here's your C content.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I know that guess. it happened. I don't know when. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> so, anyways, that was the last draw. They finally decommissioned the other one and didn't give it a chance to kill its entire crew. I um, know, yeah, that's the... That's the story, kind of, of the K-class submarines, and also of the uh, Battle of May Island.
1: Wow, very fascinating. I had no idea.
0: One thing, as we approach Remembrance Day here, that I would just like to point out, um, especially when it uh, goes to, you know, World War One, there's a lot of, you know, patriotism that goes into thinking about, you know, what various countries did in World War One. As there should be, people fought extremely bravely. They did an amazing thing. I can't even imagine being put into that kind no, of situation never but so many we shouldn't forget that so many people in that conflict died because of stupid decisions that were made by the people in charge right oh,
1: that, uh, that one especially
0: who puts a steam engine in a submarine well i got a i got this dumb idea who makes people run into a machine gun fire over and over again well i got this dumb idea you know mm-hmm. it's just we, we uh we shouldn't be letting um you know, that, that, those people off the hook. No, no, mm-hmm.
1: no, that's less. We forget less. We forget, Yeah, for sure. And that's maybe a future show would be a good, uh, world war one. I. I mean, yeah. We, as we, we try
0: could... to find the right balance of <laughs> <laughs>
1: silliness. and fact, we could tone down the silliness for an episode or two. I'm sure. <laughs> Probably not.
0: Well, uh, yeah. I don't know how silly this one was anyways. <laughs> it's good. Kind of, it's kind of grim.
1: It is kind of grim. Well, most of our shows are actually kind of grim. That is true. There's been a lot of death and destruction.
0: Not many happy things are notable in history. I'll try and find one.
1: No. Um, but I'll uh, I'll give you Kev's closing fact. All right. All right. This, I found this when I was looking up um, different actors to kind of throw into the mix. But I thought this guy was a little too mainstream to be... That it would be obvious that you would know he didn't have any kind of military service. But I found a fascinating thing in his past that I had no idea about. And I'm going to share it with you and our listener. Okay. Bill fucking Murray. We're all familiar with Bill Murray, Ghostbusters, and all kinds of Uh great stuff. Caddyshack.
0: Yep, brother of Brian Doyle Murray.
1: Did you know that when Bill Murray was 20, he was arrested? At Chicago O'Hare Airport with a whopping 10 pounds of cocaine. What? Yeah. 10 pounds of the devil's dandruff. Wow. Yeah. So that's a lot. That's a lot, a lot of coke. It's like five kilos. Yeah. I mean, I've never done cocaine. But I assume that this is like Scarface level mountain of cocaine.
0: I have like, to imagine
1: this is enough to kill an army.
0: I mean, That's I also a... have a sea level understanding of cocaine. So yeah,
1: I mean, uh, yeah. So twenty pounds of cocaine, and what happened to trigger the search was he jokingly said to a passenger, and I can I can envision this in very Bill Murray style. Uh, it's it's just a bomb. <laughs> Which now you would never do, but back then, maybe just thinking it's a joke. So they searched him, and he ended up doing probation.
0: Huh. Yeah. Who knew? Back in the day, they were very lenient about that sort of thing, apparently.
1: Apparently, 10 pounds of cocaine. Wow! And I'm pretty sure that was just for one SNL party. (laughs) Was he already famous at that point? I don't know. I... I don't think so. Back to the wow. whole C minus thing. I, I don't yeah. I,
0: I I didn't Not go that well.
1: deep on this, okay? I just know that ten pounds of cocaine.
0: Not very well researched, but that is your best closing actual fact, so
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: Ah! All right. Well thanks Glad for that.
1: joining us, folks.
0: Uh, that's our show.
1: That's it. Goodbye. <laughs> Good night. Good day. Hasta luego. Ha, ha, ha.